0: Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Today I'm very, very pleased to welcome my business partner, my good friend, my co-mentor and teacher and trainer Ian McBain Jr. to our live chat and um, Ian and I, for the last six months, have been working kind of remotely. We've been, we've been, we haven't actually been in the same room together, have we, Ian? No, we haven't.
1: We've been working it's... from opposite ends of the country, haven't we?
0: Which has been, been most weird. It, it's it has been been weird. It's worked... been
1: fine. It's, 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 it's worked well, hasn't it? It's worked you
0: incredibly know? well. Um, and what's been great about it is that we've had people on our courses who have been based in Hong Kong, Norway, Denmark, Switzerland, France, we've had loads of international attendees, which has been so exciting for them to think about how they can invest in property in the UK and learn remotely because we're doing it all online. So it's, it's exactly. truly been, uh, it's been international, hasn't it?
1: It has indeed. It's been good, hasn't it? It's actually, we've, we've pivoted quite well. Uh, and we can get a bigger reach, can't you? When you're working online as well, which is great. Absolutely, so, absolutely.
0: And of course, the benefit of doing online training is that what we have done, of course, is record the videos and then send them out to people afterwards, so they can watch them. And you know, when you're in a live event, you can't, you don't get that recording, do you? You, you kind of have to write all your notes and remember it. But uh, with uh, with Zoom and all these other amazing tools, we can do it. Uh, we can do it as a recording, so that's great. Exactly. So Ian, I wanted to uh, have a bit of a chat to you this afternoon because I was very thrilled last week when you phoned me and said, Wendy, I've done it! And I knew exactly what you were referring to. You were referring to the refinance of your airport project, your airport build. And uh, I, I wanted to get you on today because that project has uh, not been without its challenges, should we say? <laughs> you had some times where you've had some ups and downs. Um, but, well, you can tell us what happened. You can tell us. So tell us the story about this, about this project, if you don't mind. <clears throat>
1: Well, how long have we got? Because I could probably <laughs> still be here tomorrow telling you about it. Um, but no, it has it has thrown up challenges. And we we actually, we tried to buy the property two years ago. So back in January 2018, we, we tried to buy it. And of course, um, the vendor went with a higher bid and then that fell through. And then we went back in, and of course, he declined our offer again, and he resold it to someone else, and that fell through. Um, so we actually got back into the deal in, in July 2018, that's when our offer was accepted. And we finally got the finance, would you believe, in uh, December 2018. We started works in January 2019. Um, and the, the reason for the, the delay in getting the mortgage, incidentally, was they just asked us for every bit of paperwork, every bit of proof. Um, we, we sent them paperwork that had expired by the time they'd made up their mind and what was happening, so it just dragged on. But anyway, we showed a bit of tenacity as you do, and we, we, we actually started to build in January uh, last year. So when we started to build, of course, we had, to, so the original part of the house was a three-bed ex-council house and it had a garage. I mean, if people haven't seen the project, um, it had a garage in the side and it was on a corner plot. So we started to build the part of the house that was already existing. We wanted to knock the garage down and build an extension and build four bedrooms there. So if we bolted the two together, that would have made seven bedrooms, <laughs> I'm trying to that, seven bedrooms. And, Did you have to count it up on course, your fingers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course we had, you know, we had planning delays, we had planning challenges, we had structural engineer challenges. So,
0: hang on, hang on, Ian, hang on, before you carry on. This is, this is going to help other people, you know, because... I think that sometimes people think that you and I never have any challenges or problems with property. We just sail through the whole thing easily. And This, this project is evidence that that's just not true. I want to go into a bit of detail here though. So tell us about the planning. What, what happened with planning?
1: So we went to convert, you know, we, we applied straight away for a seven bed HMO and they knocked us back um, because they said that the footprint would be too big. Um, to the to the neighbour's house and so we obviously appealed it and said well because there was plenty of walkway through there was there wasn't there would only be one window on the side so it's not like kind of right of of light and and basically that knockback we you know you can you can reappeal it but it means like a reapplication and waiting more time so in between times, the builder was cracking on with the right-hand side of the, the property.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. And then the
1: left-hand side was lying with nothing done because we couldn't get the planning approved. But I think the mistake that we made was we went straight to seven. I think if we'd maybe went to six, um, maybe used our room as a communal area, say, and then applied for the seventh after it had been passed, you don't know, but it just dragged on. And then we appealed it and we get knocked back and then we thought, well, the length of time it's taken, we'd be just as well going for six beds. So we, we went for a six bed. and But the actual planning, Wendy, from start to finish, with all the delays, the conditions that they, they put in, um, it took 10 months. So that side of the property nothing happened for 10 months
0: no. so it was
1: um <laughs> and, and, the, and the thing.
0: so the builder was working on the other side they were, they're working on the right right hand side but yeah. that side which presumably was just like a shell you had nothing you couldn't do anything could you because you just didn't, didn't have the permission from the council
1: well it's interesting we, we knocked the garage down And we cleared the ground and what they wanted, about 20 feet away from the house, in front of the house, was a tree, an existing tree, which was about 25 years old. Um, And because the tree had grown to a certain size, we had to take that out. And then they said, well, we want you to put another tree in. So we got the planning. Eventually, we got the planning approved and the issue you with a load of conditions. So I think there was like 20 conditions that we had to meet before we could start. And some of the conditions were uh, they wanted to keep existing trees. We had to build a retaining wall at the outside of the property. Loads of little things like that. And we thought, well, these are fine. We can tick all these off. But then they said, we want you to plant a tree back in the front of the garden. And we said well we will do but can we do that at the end because we've got diggers and everything else going in and they said well we can do that but we want you to choose the tree now before we, we sign it off <laughs> and we said well what 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 tree are we going to put in and they said well we, we don't know we we'll need to go away and investigate it so we're on a bridging loan as well for everyone watching now you know so we're on a we're on a bridge in finance which is Tasty, impressed every month, and um, so that decision to just choose the tree uh, was took took five weeks, just to choose what,
0: the tree. can't put us out of our misery. What what tree did you choose in the end? What was chosen? We just
1: chose it was just a just a box tree,
0: so a birch.
1: We, we, it was about it was about yeah about fifteen feet tall, and we just planted it back. And actually, it looks good. <laughs> But, but what we were having was we were dealing with someone in the council offices and bearing in mind, this was during COVID. So no one would come out and do a site visit. Yeah. So this was all over email and all over telephone. And because they were working from home, trying to get a hold of anyone was a real challenge. So that decision, we were saying, look, can we not just start the work? We'll, we'll get a tree. But it just, no, they just dug their heels in and said, so we actually... At this point, we'd put in the foundations of the footings. We'd built up to damp course as well, and they sent us a letter saying that we would have to take the damp course down if we proceeded any further. Mm-hmm. So you think going up to damp. It's in the winter. We need to get the project finished. So um, you know, time is money means nothing to the council. <laughs> so that was that was just one of a whole raft of uh, as i said to you i could sit here for 24 hours and tell you Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: all the all the challenges that that, that we had uh with the project but we had um we had with issues with the builders issues with the scaffolding the planning the structural engineer Um, and then of course when covid kicked off we couldn't get any material so the site was closed initially uh, for about 12 weeks and then once the site reopened um, we we then started, because what happened Wendy, as you know your pipeline when you're a property investor is key isn't it so having yes. a good pipeline that you can utilise your builder so we actually had another project that we could put him onto, but because it was less work, he finished that in about 6 weeks then he picked up another big job in Luton and he said look I need to go and do this and, of course, we were just lying on an empty property with we a closed down site through COVID.
0: Um, and what happened about bridging? So were you still paying bridging at this point or did they give you uh, a mortgage holiday? No. No, I, no, I suppose because well, it wasn't a like mortgage,
1: we ne- was it? To, no, to be honest, we never asked as well because we thought on refinance we didn't want to jeopardise
0: mm. that.
1: But what what we did do, which was... A good tip for anyone that's maybe stuck right now thinking, well, what would I do in this situation? So the right-hand side of the house was finished and the, the left-hand side of the house was up to damp course. So it was just like two courses of bricks going round the, the outside. So we phoned up the council and asked if we could let the property out, the three rooms existing. And they said that we could do it as long as they came out and signed it off. But the conditions were we had to put up Harris fencing all around the site, make a pathway from the pavement into the front door also with Harris fencing that had to have light and signage, uh, men at work, all that kind of stuff. So we um, then we had to get the permission of the lender as well. Um, and then they wanted to come out and see. So End Council and Shawbrook Bank. Both came out and inspected the property <laughs> and said, "Yes, you can let the three <laughs> rooms out." Um, and the good news was that the three rooms managed to cover the bridging fee and the good, bills for good. the property well while it was empty. But there That's was a great. time where um, we were we were actually paying for it, um, which which was expensive. Yeah, and it was just to- frustrating because everything was out of our hands. You know, you know how you've got the you've got this control scenario in your business, haven't you, where you're in charge and you're engaging with a builder and you're employing all these subcontractors. Everything goes well. Well, the minute, um, you know, the minute COVID came along and we couldn't get materials, we couldn't get plaster, we couldn't get builders, um, it it, it was was horrible, you know, and to have the pressure over you with the bridging loan and to try and get the refinance as well, um, it wasn't too great.
0: While, while this was going on of course <clears throat> you you decided that you you could see that this project is going to take a lot longer than you had initially envisaged and I remember you know you talking to me about it <laughs> giving me a sort of weekly <laughs> update <laughs> and there was nothing I could do apart from listen and be sympathetic and uh you know, keep trying to b- booster your, your mindset, I suppose, and belief that it was going to happen. And and actually, Ian, to be fair, you've got a great mindset. And I don't think you ever gave up on this project. But before we reveal what happened, and before you tell everybody what the result was, um, what did you do at that point when, you know, COVID struck? We were in lockdown, which we may, in the north anyway, be about to go into again. We're waiting to hear this afternoon what... Uh, Dishy Rishi and uh, Bojo say. And if we do go into lockdown, while we were in lockdown, of course, you realised that this HMO was was so delayed, it wasn't gonna be ready. You weren't gonna have cash flow from it. So you went out and did some other stuff, didn't you? Because you were thinking, hang on, I set myself a goal to increase my cash flow by X thousands per month this year, 2020. It hasn't happened because this project's been delayed what can i do so what 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 did you do at that point
1: i just at, at that point the fastest cash flow without purchasing is is rent to rent so although i had some existing rent to rents i just phoned up all the councils um housing providers charities everything i, I explored everything i think quite a key fundamental for everyone that's watching or listening, um, is that a lot of people go out and find a property and then think, I wonder what we'll do with this. I can approach it slightly differently with my family and said, look, why don't we go and find what the need is in the local area and surrounding areas? So we, we started to realize that, you know, there was, there was social housing needs and with social housing providers, um, there was needs for care homes, as well, and there was needs for NHS uh, and, and especially in the self isolation space. So, we I just quickly realised I thought, right, there's a need here. And we actually had an empty HMO as well uh, that we'd literally just finished um, a build on. It was a five bedroom and it was lying empty. So, I just phoned up all the providers locally and said, Look, I've got five rooms if you need them. And of course, once your name gets out, that you've got properties, then of course, it that, that just started to go crazy. So I've actually been busier in lockdown um, than, you know, than I've ever been. <laughs> so,
0: so, you, so you filled that first HMO, the five bed, yep. and, and was that um, with a corporate let effectively? Or it was yeah of, a kind of
1: um, social housing type let yeah so a social housing on one of them and then we found that there was looking like, a of client you know because there's a lot of contracting working on locally and because the hotels were shut and with people being fearful over COVID they want a ensuiteed rooms like a dream because mm-hmm. you're self-contained and although it was looking like, a of shared facility so we, um, we 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 quickly kind of tapped into that and. That, I have to say, has been going really well. HMOs is is a great strategy, great cash flow, and you're de-risking what, what, what you're doing, aren't you? You're de-risking your business. So Absolutely. although people think of an HMO and they think, right, you've got five, six, seven streams of income, you've actually got five, six, seven streams of different demographics that would want the property off you in the first place so a lot of people advertising spare room looking for professionals and i i I looked elsewhere and thought well if because we couldn't do viewings as well that was the other thing so Mm -hmm. during covid you can't do viewings, so we had to be resourceful um i went there and i recorded loads of videos and then we used to send them out on whatsapp uh, we advertised in Gumtree as well. That's a good tip, and we we started picking up. Look, we're a we're a company, and we're going to be working in Southend. Um, can we can we rent the house off you for like six months? You were thinking this is this is incredible. So I actually went from like in a kind of negative position where we were thinking, oh, you know, I think I told you that I was ready jump off a bridge I think (laughs)
0: South End Pier I are going
1: to have a new
0: jumper if if we weren't careful I think
1: think my wife came in and I was slumped over my island at home (laughs) thinking what am I going to do and then of course you start tapping into the need and now the need is just phenomenal it's like everything in life isn't it it's like any business the best businesses tap into the need what is the need out there? And
0: so, so once you've done that, so you filled your five-bedroom, then then you did this rent-to-rent deal as well, and and you've got some fantastic tips, Ian, which you're going to be sharing on a webinar tomorrow night. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so just finding deals, yeah, finding mm-hmm. deals in the current climate. Um, I do hear quite a lot of people saying the market's overheated, which it is. The prices going through the roof, which they are. Um, but there's still deals out there if you know what you're doing and um, you know how to get them and how to look for them and just some of the you know I'm going back to 2011 here when I first learned about marketing how to market property and the stuff back then I'm still doing now and it, and it still works so there's various things that you know the simplicity of it because people say to me. I go, uh where do you get your deals from? And I say sometimes, oh, it's a little known search engine that you've probably never heard of. It's just called right now. <laughs> so when you know what you're, you know, you know what it's like. It's consistency and, uh, and showing up. So the, the rent-to-rents of giving us stability, um, giving us cash flow, we don't have any voids at the minute across our whole portfolio, which is good, but at the start of covid of course, with tenants phoning up saying they had the virus. We had properties lying empty because we'd lost contracts and we had some serviced accommodation as well. I was thinking, oh, this is a nightmare. But equally, every business has challenges, doesn't it? And it's how you you react to them.
0: Absolutely. I think this is where mindset is so important because, you know, like you, I hear all the time about the bad news about property. We hear the bad news about tax changes, the bad news about Section 21, the bad news about tenant arrears and not being able to go through the courts to evict them. We hear all the bad stuff all the time. We rarely hear the stories of people who, like you, have got zero voids. You've got how, how many rooms, Ian, in total?
1: 60, no.
0: 60 rooms 60 and not o- one... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not one void. I mean, that's fantastic, isn't it? That's a fantastic achievement. Uh, You know, you, you don't hear the stories of people who have been able to do rent to rent over lockdown. And, you know, you've done this rent to rent. You're going to share the details tomorrow night. So I'm not going to give all of that away right now. But I know it's making you tremendous cash flow every month. Well, We don't hear these stories enough. So I think that we can believe what we read in the media and what we see on television and what we hear around us and that it's all bad news. But like you, I have seen tremendous demand for HMO rooms and particularly for en-suites, as you would imagine, but actually not exclusively for en-suites. What I found is that tenants are looking for HMOs that are well-maintained, that are run well, where they're cleaned regularly, there's a good cleaning regime in place, where there are clear directions and a policy about COVID. This all makes a real difference to tenants because they think there's a landlord or an agent who's responsible here and who's going to help them, who's going to, to a certain degree, take care of them, although it's not exactly that kind of relationship, but you know, you're know you gonna be a bit different from just the run-of-the-mill standard letting agent. And I think that's what people are looking for. Um, and I, I think there is a tremendous opportunity out there because lots of people over the next few weeks and months are gonna find themselves in a situation where they're going to have to save money. They're gonna have to live more frugally. They're gonna have to find accommodation that's all-inclusive, that's well-managed, and it's affordable. And HMOs fit so neatly and beautifully into that niche. I think we're gonna see quite a few young people who were maybe living on their own or sharing in a flat, recognize that actually, they do not need now to pay out that level of amount of money every month. And they can now, they can use their money more wisely by living in an HMO. And, you know, we're talking high quality, well-run HMOs, save themselves some money, and actually also benefit from being in a nice little community of people so isolation and some of those other challenges that i think people have had from working from home and if you're working from home in a you know two bed or one bed flat and you don't see anybody all day it can be very isolating whereas at least in an hmo you have got other tenants you've got other people around you and i think that in itself is a strength i'm i'm sure it's not all you know it's not all a panacea living in an HMO, Uh, I know Andy, my my hubby, he lived in a few HMOs when he was contracting and he would come home and tell me stories about them and that's actually helped us a great deal in running our business because we know what it's like on the inside, you know. But, so there are always challenges in living in an HMO, but I think that uh, you and I create really good quality HMOs and these are the kind of homes that people want to live in. So it's very, very beneficial. I think it's, it's a tremendous form of investing in property. I, I still absolutely really believe in it.
1: Exactly. It is. It's, well, I know in certain pockets of the UK uh, where, where a lot of people have went back to, you know, live in their home countries and stuff like that, there is people with HMOs with void. I know it's a thing at the minute, but I do think that it will change um, going forward. But again, you've got to think, well, where do you sit in the market? And what is the need in your local area? And sometimes just sitting back and relying on the internet to provide you with your tenants. Well, you need to think a little bit smarter than that. You need to get the entrepreneurial DNA working and think, well, how am I going to get out there? And when you've got a business and your back's against the wall and you're the owner of it and had many sleepless nights during COVID, probably the same as as half of the UK, but I actually think a business is in a better place and our model as well, because we've diversified. So in any business, and any strategy, diversification um, is key. But I think you're right, as this goes on and as maybe as lockdown continues, um, and unfortunately if people do lose their jobs, then I do think demand will increase. And obviously there's a massive housing need at the minute out there. So um, I I can only see it going one way. We don't have enough properties we don't have enough land um and, and and we're getting an increasing population as well so where is it you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. so but yeah it,
0: so, um, so it, ian you had this so you, you had this kind of hiatus where the, the airport project had kind of stalled a bit you're waiting 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 lockdown happened you did some deals then we get to the other end of lockdown. Materials become a little bit more available. Your builder goes back on site. You solve some of these other problems and the build starts up again and starts to motor. Now, I know you had some problems with the builder and uh, dealing with him and getting the, the finish just right, but you did it, which was brilliant. And tell us what happened after the project was completed. What, 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 what's just happened recently?
1: So it got refinanced, uh, what, about two or three weeks ago now? I think about three weeks ago, wasn't it? And it came in at the kind of numbers well higher (laughs) than we were expecting, which was great. Um, But during the whole process, to to put a bit of backstory to it, we actually got the place surveyed um, in January. And the bridge ran out at the end of March and the builder was on a timeline to get the job complete. So what they said was, why don't we start the paperwork for the mortgage to get you off the bridge? And the guy just needs to come back out and sign it off, and we thought, great. So we paid 1,600 pounds for a commercial survey. That was done in the last day of January, actually. And then when we, about four weeks ago, we phoned up and said, can we get the guy out to, to come and, you know, revalue it or to sign it off and they said no we're not coming out now and I said why not and they said because we want to do a whole new survey and we're like you're kidding and they're like no and they said it's taking too long I said but hold on for 90 days the site was shut and for the 90 days after that we waited 14 weeks for a front door so I said we, we can't get materials to finish it it's, it's not our fault But anyway, they wouldn't have it. So we had to pay again, and it was another survey. And obviously on the day I was thinking, oh, I hope it doesn't get kind of downvalued because we've been hearing that a lot of properties have been getting downvalued, which seems strange when the market was so hot. And I think they were saying they've went up 7% in a month, so how they could actually downvalue them. Anyway, the value have come out, I met him on site, and he just said, look, At the end, he said, this is one of the best HMOs I've ever seen. And it was just phenomenal. We were like that. Oh, great. But I said, you know, what's it going to value up at? Um, And then another two weeks later, my mortgage broker phoned me up and said, are you sitting down? And I was thinking, is it bad news? And then he said, are you lying (laughs) down? And I thought, it is bad news. And then obviously he said, look, it's actually valued up 80,000 more than what it get valued at in january so wow. it just it was just i mean honestly you just think after everything we've been through it was just an amazing feeling because you think um we so so can you t- can
0: you tell us the figures then And i know everybody will be itching to hear so it, was valued, it, it was
1: valued it was valued over half a million pounds for and that's six, for a six
0: bed hmo
1: that's for a six bed hmo yeah
0: that's amazing. So Again, the commercial
1: revaluation. so for people that, uh, you know, are thinking about doing this, you know, knowing your numbers at the start and buying it, converting it into ensuite rooms, getting an HMO license, having planning, these are all things that can make, can trigger an HMO license, but honestly, Wendy, the way things are going, I know there's a lot of, naysayers out there that say about commercial and it's dangerous and it's risky and they're overvalued actually at that house and that location that there's no far off the market value of the houses anyway the the, the prices have gone up so fast granted if it crashes of course we'll need to sit it out but our we're, we're quite happy to share our exit strategy is death
0: we're
1: yes. it if, if it, it well, takes, it's, it's it about takes. the
0: cash flow isn't it it's about the cash flow yeah, so you not, you pay you, did you did you have an investor on that particular project
1: we had an investor and he's going to be paid back um very shortly but we've got right. this we've got all the everything's agreed uh just waiting on uh, 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 it'll be any time it will be any time so Brilliant. yeah right. it's just what what a relief the two, nights after, the two nights after that, I reckon I had the best two nights sleep <laughs> that I've had for months. I think it just must be on your mind. Uh, and because we lost our main builder, uh, Dad and myself had to go down and do a fair bit of project management. So you mm. were down there at like 7.30 in the morning making sure you can't get materials, where's this, where's that, phoning up this place. Because mm. oh, cause, cause ultimately, we talk about outsourcing and leveraging other people, but when something comes along about a pandemic and you can't get any people to turn up, try to get materials. You think, well, if we don't get this done, we've got to get the project done. So we just took ownership of it, owned it, and yes. then we were down there every day and getting it done. It was just amazing. It was it was amazing. So, you know, over yeah. the moon, but two years of, you know, I had a head of hair like you, when I started (laughs) this project uh, look what two years of a six HMO. another important point I want to make is that this is the first HMO in South End which is close to South End Airport there's not any HMOs in that part of the town Uh, we thought we would be tapping into the airport and of course what's happened the airport's practically shut Uh -uh. Um, exactly but it will come back again and and it hasn't stopped us filling it, so it's full. Um, and the value came out. Another important tip is always show your value uh, valuation pack. So from start to finish, what we did, before, afters, some comparables, giving them the ASTs and walking them around And he just the quality of the workmanship was was the thing. So the second builder that came in tried to cut a few corners and we said, "Look, we want it done this way." And then when the valuer came out, remember that your builder and your solicitor and your architect work for you, not the other way around. So when it comes to the revaluation, the guy was saying, "Who who designed the but we've got bottle holders in the showers cubicles. So in the wall we've cut holes where you can put the shower bottles." He's just blown away. Every little detail just helps to the. So I think the, the the kind of key point from it all is stick to your brand. So whatever your vision is, that's the standard I want it, and don't let anyone change you away from your standard. But the, the the workmanship was still exceptional, and we we got the job done. We kept all our builders and all our trades on side, so it was it ended up it was worth it in the end. Right. But a right. slog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Worth
0: it worth it in the end. But and yes, I, think, so tomorrow, I think sorry, you carry on in.
1: I was just gonna to say tomorrow night I'll be sharing um, you know, a bit about the project. You'll see some pictures of it. Um I think it's on there from what it was before to, to, to what it is now. But I've actually done three or four times the amount of deals more um during lockdown than that HMO. <laughs> 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 So while that was running, we were buying at auction, flipping them, mm. c- converting them, and, and refinancing them, and they're mm. working through in like, three Much months. Quicker. Exactly, yeah. but yeah. it's just part so, of the game, as it you always so get So anybody,
0: challenged. you do, you do. So anybody watching this might think, oh right, okay, it's kind of given me renewed confidence to think. Well, you know, if it can happen to Ian, if he can have these challenges in HMOs, if, if the projects can take that long you know, I, I need to perhaps have a little bit more tenacity and perseverance and not give up too early. Because you could have given up, couldn't you? You could have given up months yeah. ago with this and thought, right, forget it. Let's put it in an auction. Let's sell it. Let's get rid. Let's sell it to somebody else. Let's move on because it's just not worth it. But you persevered with it and you've come out the other side and you're a real winner as a result, which is, you know, tremendous. But what, what advice would you give to anybody who's thinking about should I start investing in HMOs now? Is now a good time? What are your thoughts about the market, about the risks of investing, about the, the challenges and issues?
1: It's a great question. In fact, before I jumped on this call with you, I just jumped off a call with one of our mentees, Wendy, and I was explaining the exact same things to him. So it's find out what the need is in your local area. And once you establish the need, then you go and get the property. Ultimately, yes, there's going to be an economic downturn. People are going to be losing their jobs. But I find when the property market downsizes, people also downsize as well. And they want to save bills and they want to save money. There's a lot of speculation out there saying, oh, you're going to have loads of voids." Well, we've not seen it. And if you do get them, then you need to adapt and overcome, don't you? And when you're committed to something, you need to make it work. So I just think there's a need out there for any strategy in the market. And HMO is the way I see forward is, uh, because, you know, if we go into another lockdown, where's all these building teams going to stay? For example, they don't want to stay in a hotel. They want to stay all together in the one house because they know they're in one bubble. And um, that's working mm-hmm. quite well for us as well. And I think um, over then, I think quarter one to quarter two next year, we might see some opportunities um, in terms of deals out there. But equally, I've seen prices coming down and right move over the last week or so. Um, and I think these have been inflated properties that they can't sell and they're bringing them back down. So there's deals out there. There's always deals out there. You've just got to keep consistent and keep doing it. So I think um you know if you're thinking about doing it when's the best time to start investing of course now <laughs>
0: today. That, exactly you know, in do, 20 years
1: time you'll, you'll you'll you won't regret it will you cool right well listen right. nice
0: chatting to you see you, you soon too night. see you soon take care Bye. bye thank you for listening to the HMO success podcast